ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and children of all ages, we're back. It's been a long hiatus. I think we recorded after week one, but uh, we are back for an end of season recap and awards show. Um, so, yep, apologies. You know, life kind of got in the way for all of us. Uh, we'll start with a few things that happened. Uh, so, Mo, first of all, um, congratulations on getting married. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, congrats how is, on uh, your engagement there. Yeah, and commiseration to both of you. Yeah, <laughs> join the club. <laughs> Thank you. Um, also, uh, Chiggs, uh, congratulations for uh, soon to be father as well. So uh, exciting to see another Shah in this world. Yeah, hopefully another Shah to add to a, a future trophy in uh, <laughs> fantasy football <laughs> that's the dream right get it, having like your child in your fantasy tournament and competing and winning them, it yeah beating them or, or crushing the crushing them in the final that'll be that'll be even sweeter that's <laughs> right yes. one, one of the first years i played my daughter who was seven at the time wanted to play as well just because she what like sitting and watching football with me and she did a fantasy team and didn't know anything about it obviously because she was seven and still beat me <laughs> to be fair, that sounds about right, Paul. I was gonna say that's about yeah. right, Paul. <laughs> let, let's all let, let's all go easy on Paul. He's still he's still got some wounds to heal, which we'll uh, which we'll get onto. And Paul, professionally, um, I don't know if you want to or are able to say much about it, but congratulations. Um, and I know uh, exciting times ahead. Thanks, man. Um, cool. So, uh, right, fantasy football. Um, we have to start with uh, the Steelers and Browns game. We will get on top of things. So, Paul, apologies, but yeah, I kind of beat you with 15 seconds remaining when Bacon Mayfield threw an interception. Um, but I'm wait, just wait, glad please, I wasn't. Can we give a bit of context, that. please? Can we give a bit of context I, I for the listeners? Well, so so right. Mo, Mo was watching. I think, Mo, it's only right if you can give like a play by play because you. You and Cash, who were watching live, congratulated Paul. Um, yeah, so going really into the last thing to wake up to, <laughs> go, go, exactly going into the Steelers and Browns game, Paul, you needed sixteen points or thereabouts to beat me from Baker Mayfield in yeah. the final. I'd almost and, well, bear, in, bear in mind as well. Ami is fourteen and zero in the regular season, way ahead, like on point score, like the the most dominant team in the entire league. Um, and then trades for Cooper Cup and Tom Brady as well to, to an already stacked roster. So basically, like going yeah, into this matchup, Paul had no shot, not really on paper. I was like three percent chance on the uh, on the app. And then it comes down to the the Steelers Steelers Browns game, and Paul basically needs is it was it sixteen points from base? Sixteen yeah. points, yeah. yeah. So I then, had a, I had a stinker from DeAndre Swift and uh, Dalvin Cook were touted to get something like 45 points between them and got about eight between them, I think. So and, and uh, at some point, somewhere around, the, around it, we're not sure when, but we're pretty sure I'm here changing interceptions to three points. <laughs> it's, it's not documented, it's not proved, but it's a, it's a deep suspicion. And it played a big part because uh, Josh Allen threw three interceptions, Baker Mayfield threw two. So the interception scoring also played its part. Um, but Mo, you were watching live. Care to recap? Well, well first of all, I, 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 thought, I, I thought Mayfield was going to do nothing because I think all game, I think after the first quarter or second quarter, I think Mayfield had second negative points. 
all of a sudden, third quarter, he come, he's coming back. Fourth quarter, now it's essentially he's trying, trying really hard. I think, uh, let's, let's say uh, the Browns were you know, around the 10-yard line. Uh, I think it was third down. Mayfield needed a touchdown. That was the only way Paul had, was going to win, or we thought he was going to win. Uh, sure enough, there's a flag in the end zone, uh, I believe, pass interference. Uh, they brought the ball to the one-yard line. Um, you figure Mayfield's probably going to hand it off to Chubb or someone in the backfield. He ends up throwing a touchdown. Boom. Paul is ahead by two-point-something points. Just, uh, let's just say 2.5. Uh, I think there's about a minute four left. Uh, it's actually 2.7. 2.7. Ah, nice. <laughs> that sounds about right there. Uh, they went for the onside kick, failed. Pittsburgh, um, They uh, unfortunately, Browns did have two timeouts. Uh, they stopped them. I think it was third and two. Browns had zero timeouts. Uh, and, you know, you figure, worst case, they stop them. They run the clock down to, maybe, say, 20 seconds, kick a field goal. Instead, Najee Harris breaks right through and uh, runs a 37- or 40-yard touchdown. All he, of course, had to do was maybe just kneel down on the 5-yard line, the 10-yard line. Hell, even the 20-yard line would have been fine. Uh, and that way, Big Ben could have just went ahead and won the game with the kneel down. Unfortunately not, he had to run into the end zone. All right, so what we have? I think we had a minute left. Browns get the ball back. First down, incomplete. Second down, incomplete. Third down, incomplete. I believe it's like fourth and ten or something. Uh, sure enough, with 20 seconds left, two-possession game. There's no way, you know, Browns are coming back here. But Mayfield went ahead and had to do the worst and throw an interception, I believe, to Fitzpatrick. And there, that was it. And uh, negative three You guys can see it. I sent to a mirror the day before. So when I, I'm going to beat you tonight, even it's only going to be by a quarter as well. And yeah. <laughs> I, he beat me by a quarter of a point. Oh, man. On a very serious interception. And I apologize to Paul. I think Cash and I both jumped the gun and congratulated him because uh, we thought there's no way uh, he was going to win because we didn't think the Browns were going to get the ball back. Um, uh, sure enough, got the ball back. And on fourth down of all downs, he threw an interception. Yeah. And this is why this league is now going to have an ex Amir trophy as well. <laughs> <laughs> but I think... The next two going, years. Going back to sort of what we all love, which is dynasty, dynasty fantasy football. Uh, Paul, I think for both of us, two years ago, we were outside of the playoff picture and you were like a second or third pick. Even last season, you had the third okay. pick overall. Yeah. A third, maybe fourth pick. So it just shows that the beauty of dynasty that you can rebuild and reach a final. This year, I went undefeated. There's obviously luck involved in that, but I did that. You, helps, I, can, I can tell you now, it's not a good thing. It's a bad thing. It's far better just to be out and lost and be done with it. <laughs> it's so close. Last year, didn't, it was nowhere near as painful last year as this year. Well, you, you were one throw away from the one interception away from the championship. Oh, so. no. Don't rub it in. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm, kind, I'm commending the season you put together. You were second on record, second in points. And, um, you know, I got a lot of respect for the way you... Some people you hear that, Paul. Second. <laughs> Can we kick Chiggs out? Chiggs is familiar with second. I do <laughs> he, know all about second, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. Second in three leagues, was it, Chiggs? This is second in three, yeah. Winners run up in three leagues, back to back runner up in IDP now. So two years running, I fell at the final hurdle. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's frustrating. Words, Bobby. Uh, if you're not first, you're last. Exactly. But now, 
seeing what you've been doing, Chigs, in TBC, like you were always in, in with an outside I've just seen chance. I've you change of, your team name as well, Amir. Yeah, sorry, I had to uh, <laughs> rub it in a little bit. <laughs> Mayfield of Dreams. <laughs> team name and the, and the picture on the group chat too. Uh, I have to see that. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but, you know, speaking of all of that, Chiggs and Mo, you're in similar positions in the other, in, in our two dynasty leagues. So I'm intrigued to see how you sort of work that. Um, and even, you know, in TBC, Kush went from uh, being the worst team to then getting Joe Burrow with that pick. He's now got some good young talent, Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, Joe Mixon, for instance. So these are some of the teams I'm going to be interested to see how you fare next season and the year after. But also why I had prizes for year three and year five, because it gives you a target to try and rebuild your teams for at any sort of given stage. Um, and I, I do genuinely think that there's no team who's just so rough in shape that they can't be in the playoff final in two years' time um, if they're, you know... Hello? active enough I, th I think that's the thing right i think if you're going to commit to a, a rebuild you know you kind of have to commit so there was obviously a bit of surprise when i traded away deandre hopkins earlier in the season um but and Leonard ultimately Fournette. he's easy you know, and, and Fournette. but the thing for both of them was if i'm not going to win the season and i'm you know on any given week i can put up decent points as i think i had the highest score maybe one or two weeks this season but at the same time, I could also put up some absolute shockers. Um, That's the worst Hopkins, break. No, but as in Hopkins is not going to do anything for me this season, right? So I might as well try and get peak value for him. And, you know, unfortunately for Paul, he obviously traded for him. He, he helped him for however many weeks he did. Unfortunately, obviously, when, when it kind of mattered, he was out injured. But I think he's going to be 29 next year. He's not getting the same target volume as he was last year. Um, that's kind of where you have to kind of cash in these older guys. So if you're holding on to a Keenan Allen or a, a Adam Thielen or these kind of guys, you know you want you want to try and get something for them, right? If if you're not going to be in contention, I think that's um, the key. Sell sell a year too early than a year too late. Exactly. Basically, um, you know, if you look at look at Michael Thomas now, right? You wouldn't be able to get a, probably a second for him. Yeah, you might. You might get an early second um, yeah. for him, I mean, somebody who still trusts the talent kind of thing. But you no, know, this this is a guy I drafted in the first round of a startup two years ago. I'll give you a second is... for Michael Thomas, sir. Oh no, I mean I'm, I'm obviously I mean, I'm a contender now, right? So I need to keep hold of him. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that, that is the beauty of um of dynasty league. So you know, I said all of us have vested interest in both leagues, um and you know, could easily be in the final next year. I mean, Chiggs, you've been in the final two years running, so definitely got mm -hmm. a good chance. You're very aggressive getting um, top quality linebackers. And it's just a shame you came up against um, Jamar Chase, amongst others. You yeah. know, put nearly 300 up that week. So when you lose by that score, you just sort of put your hands up and say, yep, yeah, can't do anything about it. Yeah, absolutely. And on the other oh, hand, it's you have a half, it's actually, okay. Well, you'd rather lose like that than have uh, yeah, sure. Baker Mayfield <laughs> 15 seconds to go. Than, uh, than, than, than lose by five yards. 
three yards. Yeah. And I, I do need to get myself a Mayfield jersey now, though. Um, it's kind of a bit of a bit of a legend in my eyes for me. I need to burn one for myself. <laughs> <laughs> He's never so, uh, any of my teams ever again. I, I, I think Byron has a uh, Mayfield jersey for you to burn. Nice. Uh, that's probably a good place to start with the awards, no? Like, we, which player do you hate now? Yeah, Mayfield, I'll never drive for Mayfield. <laughs> I don't like the Browns at the best of time. Go on then. So who's a player or a couple of players um, outside of Mayfield? And we'll all go We'll all go through this. Who really let you down when it mattered? Either, like, hindered your playoff push, hindered you in the playoffs. Oh, Brady. Tom Brady, because I didn't draft him. You had him. And he like got forty <laughs> points or something last week as well. Yeah, that's true. You yeah. had to be aggressive in the trade. Yeah. Um, any anyone else? So, Paul, for yourself, who either that league or other leagues who just let you down when it really counted. <sighs> Probably it's a big list actually. I I had I, I was quite pleased with my final in that in that league actually where I'd actually played the right team. You know when you have that. And you played the wrong guy at the wrong time. It's the most frustrating thing. I don't think I had anyone too horrifically. I didn't. Most of my, um, you know, I had a couple of vets who were who were a little injured. Fournette going down was a shame. Derek Henry was a real one, but it's you know uh, he didn't. He wasn't. He was injury related rather than performance related. Yeah. I, I didn't actually. I didn't have anyone too big a star in any league. I don't think that um, that didn't perform outside of injury. Uh, I'll give you one. And this, the guy I probably won't be drafting again now is uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Oh yeah, I think, um, I think he, you know, I couldn't trust him in the playoffs last year. And no, that was for a different reason. Obviously, Dak was injured, and their offense was really stuttering. I think, um, but this year, you know, he fin- I think he finished as running back seven on the year. Quite good, but but he's... really, if you look, if you look at it, all of that was early season. He had a couple of big games. In that sort of playoff stretch, he just—he was all right, but he feels to me like he's got, he has got to that point where he's at tipping point where you yeah. know who he is because it's the name you drive. It's the sort of thing he's the someone I will definitely pick up next year. The same reason that I've got Gurley on my roster still because he was amazing, and he's just beginning to that point of I think possibly getting to sort of like dipping down, and that's that's normally the point. Yeah. I, get. I normally get running backs in their fifth year, sixth year. Yeah, but then this, yeah, I, I think you, if you look at it, Tony Pollard got a lot more work. I was, was going to say, would you, would you draft Pollard or Elliott first? Oh, I still Elliott. You still Elliot take Elliott first, first, but... Elliott you know, will represent better value. Yeah, like, it, it, it feels like, for me, like a Kareem Hunt-Nick Chubb situation, where, mm. you know, you're going to take one earlier, but the other one, the, the second guy probably provides the cheaper upside, and therefore I'd rather gamble on Tony Pollard. You know what? I, take, I, uh, I think you have a bit of value, and I had um. Uh, sorry, I've gotten, I've lost the names. Who's the Vikings running backs? Madison uh, and Madison. Yeah, I had both of those and started both of them quite regularly in in a league where, where obviously one was injured for a while, but even when they were both playing, they were both getting enough work to warrant being running back one and one running back two. Yep. Um, and when one wasn't playing. You, you know, it's one of those situations where the handcuff worked really well. You actually could play both. It wasn't a question of going, who do I start? And I think that probably could have been the same case for the Cowboys. I'm not sure. Yeah, I can see that. And same thing as Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
there's a lot more teams relying on a committee now, aren't there? Yeah. And it, it makes it nice for a faction team. When you actually do that, you can play both because you don't know which one's going to do it. But actually, unless you're going to, unless you're going to go for strategy with, you know, you're going to take two number one running backs in mm. your first two picks. If you're going to do that, that's one thing. But if you're not, why not handcuff? Apart from apart from the bye week issue, why not handcuff? Because it sorts out injuries for you immediately. And it sorts out the volatility of one to the other. It, it works reasonably well, I think. Absolutely. Well, I mean, see, handcuffs see. are super important, right? I mean, if you look at when Dalvin Cook was out and Madison stepped in, yeah, Madison was putting up running back one, you know, I was in top five running back numbers at least every week, pretty much when he played, right? Yeah. Mm. But but I, I think it only really matters for per, I think it only really matters for running backs. I'm not sure. It certainly doesn't matter for quarterback. And um. But what really, because you're right, between Cook and Madison, they were running back one, I think, every week. The one yeah. time they mm -hmm. let you down was the one time Kirk Cousins <laughs> COVID. And the yeah. backup was so bad that they yeah. just couldn't yeah. establish anything. And that almost cost me in a league where I'd put together such a good run all season. Um, so, yeah, Dalvin Cook definitely would have let a lot of people down in, in the final, um, even if they had handcuffed with Madison. I'm just going back to Ezekiel Elliott. You look at from week eight until week 17, the most rushing yards he had was 52. Yeah. So this is it. He, he only broke 100 rushing yards twice in the season. I think that was like weeks three and four or something like yeah, that. Yeah, four and four and five. Um, yeah. You know, so he definitely couldn't be relied upon. Uh, he's, week not getting 17. The, he's not getting the volume. He's not getting the same volume of catches, I don't think, you know, where he was the only running back in the team. And yeah. they didn't have a CD Lamb and a Amari Cooper and a Dawson Schultz and Michael Gallup. So, you know, I, th I think there's too many targets there. And they're not like a run heavy team now. Well, and if they are, he's not getting the full workload. So, you know, I don't, I, you know, he's probably now moving into that running back two territory. Absolutely. Um, and I'd say back end. Back end. For, yeah. for, for startup, he's probably back end running back two because he's hitting that regression for me would mm. would you draft in a startup next season travis Etienne or ezekiel elliott etn oh, oh, oh. i might Personally. Ask, i'm going etn yeah, yeah i am too so who's because the Tra travis etn or zeke oh yeah because i know i know i can probably trade for zeke later in the season if if i'm a contender and the, the person who's out you know out of contention i can probably pick up zeke and, and pay something for to get him whereas i think if etn hits which you're hoping you know now that they've changed coaching staff there and have you first and second season under trevor lawrence what have you then maybe etn's got that upside of being a an rb1 for a number of years to come whereas i, don't, I can't see zeke picking up another rb1 season yeah yeah it's, it's going to be hard especially when you've got Acres back, you've got uh, mm -hmm. ETN back, you've got um, Dobbins back next season. James Robbins, you know, like you've got a lot of players returning. Miles Sanders had a um, a bad year; he yeah. could uh, step up. You've still got people like Antonio Gibson, Eckler. Of course, you've got Jonathan Taylor, who's just been phenomenal this season. Um, you know, you've got a lot Saquon, of Saquon, right? This is Saquon, Saquon comes back, back yeah. fully fit, and they and they sort their O line. Um, yeah. Edward Zilaire, like again, if he can stay healthy and 
they get involved you know like they, they've shown flashes of it the thing is though if you're in a 10 team league and you're picking at the second on the back of the second round and zeke's there do you not take him still this is a redraft oh, or a dynasty every draft um no so i'll give you an example oh, i probably wouldn't well i i've got zeke in in, in our 10 team redraft keeper league yeah i'm probably going to drop him this year as i'm only going to take one keeper into next year and then if he's there and there's no other better options maybe i'll look at it but um yeah i'd, I'd rather take uh someone else because i can't you get you, what's the point of having a guy you can't trust to put in your lineup yeah yeah, yeah. no i agree it's this the name though it's it's you know this is what we've been we've all been uh, with and i think it's particularly with running backs where they've been so good and it's quite hard to not to let them go for a few years yeah but and, the, and the, the funny thing is, is hey, because he's finished running back seven on the year, it kind of masks marks masks a lot of that sort of deficiency. But well, let's not yeah. let's not remind everyone. Let's cut this bit out of the show so we can get someone else to take him early and free up a spot for us. <laughs> <laughs> Mo, anyone who um, let you down when it counted, or just across the season, Metcalf. Mm. I, yeah. I think Metcalf, Metcalf was actually. He, I think there's only two, three games I really liked him in that. Funny thing is that when Russell Wilson wasn't at QB, um, uh, but yeah, Metcalf was a big disappointment even during the playoffs. I think when I played against Paul, um, uh, he pretty much did nothing. And even Tari Kill, playoffs time, he was useless. Tari mm. Kill and Metcalf, my two top wide receivers. Well, actually, Adams was top is top two. Two of my top and three receivers um, uh, are terrible during uh, during playoffs. Yeah, Metcalf, I think Wilson as well, because Wilson was still last season being drafted as a top eight QB, I feel. Mm. Um, but no, Tariq Hill and Metcalf would definitely disappoint. If you made it to the final... Actually, Metcalf, Metcalf was good for the final. Sorry, I apologize. Yeah, Metcalf, Metcalf was awesome for the final, yeah. Yeah, uh, he, he let me down on the road to the final, unfortunately. Yeah. And for me, I think another one was Lamar Jackson. Um, oh, yeah. just, you know, when Definitely. he played, he was really, really good, but he was just injured so much towards that end of season. So he was a big letdown. And also Darren Waller. Um, and, you know, they're two of the sort of linchpins of my team in IDP, um, who were both, I think, just they would have really let you down. And particularly in Superflex, where premium QBs are hard to come by. Um, and premium tight ends are hard to come by. So if you're fortunate enough to hold one of those guys, you've probably drafted them quite early, uh, like you would have with a Tyreek Hill, for instance, uh, or a DK Metcalf, for instance. And I think they're definitely players, you know, when you're trying to get that playoff push, or if you make the playoffs, you're hoping they come back, their injuries sort of really let me, um, let me down. I think Chris Godwin... Would have been where a, would you where would you put um next season Lamar in terms of QBs? Steve Mahomes one, Josh Allen two, Kyler three. three, Kyler three, Kyler three, Dak four. Actually, no, I'd say I'd still say Dak three, Kyler oh, four. Yeah. And then uh, would you take Lamar there, or are you putting Justin Herbert and um, Joe Burrow ahead of him now? I think I would actually. I think I'd take about fifth. Yeah. Maybe even sixth. Ah, I agree. Who, who Burrow? Yeah, no, no. Um, uh, Herbert. Herbert. 
No, Lamar, Lamar. I'll, put, I'll take oh, Lamar. You take. I'll take. So you take Lamar over the others. No, no, no. I'll take Herbert and um, Burrow. Um, Lamar, I think. So, oh, yeah. Lamar, yeah. Same. Same. And I think Burrow's is going to get better still. Yeah. So for me, Burrow's my QB three in Dynasty. Oh, really? Above Dak? Yeah. Honestly, like, because he's got Jamar and and them two like together. Wait, wait, wait. What about like, Mahomes? Mahomes, Allen. Mahomes, 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 and Allen are one and two. Oh, okay. Then you're putting Herbert then, above. Uh, huh. No, but Bar- Bar- I've, I've got Borrow at three. Are you Bobby putting Allen above, um, Allen above Mahomes still? No, so I've got Mahomes one, Allen two. But if I was doing a startup, I'll obviously take Mahomes, Allen, and then I'll be taking Joe Burrow. Mm. That, that that's how that's how that's how much I'm into that that guy. I think he's awesome. I'd still personally go Dak just because the the volumes there. Um, they've got quality receivers. You know, I think they're a team on the rise at the moment. I think they're going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got an easy division, which I think they'll have for another few years. Um, whereas Burrow is going to have tough defenses. I mean, you look at what happened with the Ravens and their injuries this year. Um, you know, it's a lot of first team players, including both starting corners. You look at Pittsburgh, who are in the hunt with the playoffs purely, you could argue, on the strength of their defense. Um, The Browns, too, they were in the hunt for a while, but I would say largely on the strength of their defense. So I I love Burrow. I love that he's got Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and even Tyler Boyd. Mm -hmm. But I I just think when you look at that defense, Dak still um, for me. Yeah. I mean, I can see definitely see an argument where you take Dak or even Kyler at three for sure. So who would you say QB then? Let's start our MVP awards. QB uh, based on end of season position where you would have drafted them, whatever factors you want to use. Who would you say was your fantasy MVP at QB? So I mean, Joe Burrow for me is the QB fantasy MVP. I mean, if you look at what he did in the playoffs, if you had him, you basically won, won your matchups in week 16 and 17. He put up 46 and 43 points. Yeah. Um, I think he finished his QB three or four on the year. Well, um, seven. No, maybe okay, maybe okay, seven. Three and um, <laughs> But bear in mind, you had been drafting him um, later on. So in terms of that, like the playoff piece. I think, yeah, for me, he was the guy. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, Josh Allen was awesome as usual. Yeah, Josh Allen, 700 rushing yards, as we said. Um, Mo, who would you say was your fantasy MVP for the season at QB? I'm going with Herbert. I think just consistent. I like a consistent player all year round. Um, It would have initially been Tom Brady, but Tom Brady was useless uh, in the semifinals of the playoffs. I think another reason I lost uh, was be- between between Tom Brady and Metcalf. They just destroyed me. Um, so, uh, oh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, week fifteen, yeah, against New Orleans, Brady stuff. Yeah, nothing great. So, when it comes to players, I love consistency. I don't need someone that goes gangbusters one game and you know throws it at another. So I, that's why I like Herbert and Josh Allen at QB, even Rogers actually. Rod- Rogers is good. Say, I thought Rogers is solid. Rogers, like in the run to the playoffs and thereafter, he's just been so clutch, hasn't he? 
Yeah, I think he's had one, but obviously other than the opening game, I think he had one bad game against Seattle. Other than that, Rogers was was awesome. Yeah, and and he missed the game against KC as well um, mm-hmm. through um, COVID. I think they called it right. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Rogers was really good, um, really reliable as well. Um, I would probably say. Josh Allen for me was still fantasy MVP. I know he's a little bit more boom bust, but he was so far ahead of second place. And, you know, okay, he had three interceptions, which may have cost you in the player final. But even then, he still put up 25 odd points. And with yeah. the rushing upside, rushing touchdowns. I think the rushing is such a valuable part. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, I really do. Well, the thing for him is, especially, it's not even just the right, it's the rushing touchdowns, right? Yeah. Like, you get to the goal line, you know, pretty much. I think against uh, against Atlanta, you know, he was just running at him for fun. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, so you got such upside. So, yeah, I'd say he's my fantasy MVP. And Paul? Yeah, Alan as well. Josh yeah, Allen. On so many teams. Uh, cool. So... I mean, there was a bit of disparity between first and second in QB. When it comes to RB, that gap is just monumental. Um, yeah. So Jonathan Taylor, uh, 394 points in a, in a 0.5 PPR, so would have got you even more. Uh, 1,073 rushing yards, another 300. So, you know, over 2,000 all-purpose yards. Um, I just... I just can't see personally anyone else deserving no, it. No, it's not really any no generation. I'll tell, I'll tell you yeah. who was actually put, who was good was Fournette, I thought, considering yeah. where he was being drafted. And oh, yeah, value there. He really out- Fournette's definitely the best value. You probably even picked him up on waivers. Um, I, I yeah, had, Leonard Fournette's probably best, best, best value pickup. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But but Jonathan Taylor, yeah, Jonathan Taylor was awesome. Um, and yeah, and, and just an honourable shout out to Austin Eckler. I thought I thought he was excellent. Um, oh yeah, you know, pretty much mm. every game he played in, you knew he was going to put up decent points. Um, and you know, like we we called it last season when we're talking down um, opportunity in the passing game. And look, you know, he had a. 82 targets, um, which is outside of Najee Harris because he had Ben, um, you know, it's way more than most other um, running backs. And in fact, on that accord, Leonard Fournette, as you say, Paul, 84 targets, 69 catches for someone who was seen as a guy who can't catch the ball. So Leonard Fournette had almost 70 catches um over 450 yards i i actually yeah i think based on where you would have got him in startups redraft or dynasty fournette stephanie got a shout it's just unfortunate that he let you down when it counted um, yeah in the playoffs but he was injured it wasn't like yeah he, again i do think there's a difference it's i know you get some players who are, who are perpetually injury at risk but outside of the 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 fear of that if it's someone who's not permanently going down with something yeah, you, you get badly injured, you're badly injured. It's one of those things, I think. Yeah, I think if there's got to be another honourable mention for me, it's Cordero Patterson. Yeah. It's just yeah. that, you know, it would have been like, uh, some people probably got him off the waivers. Um, in fact, a lot of people probably got him on waivers. 
I don't. I bet no one drafted him. I can't no. imagine no. being drafted much <laughs> in um, in redraft um, or keeper leagues. So he he, uh, he he's basically what won me my best ball league. I think. Really. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I picked him up because I basically I just tried to take the entire Falcons backfield, um, and I sort of put him on. You know, hoping he might do something. I didn't expect him to finish. He finishes an RB one, right? Yeah. So before we move on to another position, who was your QB dud of the season? Who would you say was Wilson, just like Wilson? Big... Was some, I think Russell Wilson's a little disappointed. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Was Russell bad, Wilson. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, Russell Wilson and Ryan Tannenhill. Tannenhill was too, bad. Yeah. But I don't think I don't think you expect quite as much from Tannehill. You don't expect, you know, Tannehill was uh, Lamar. I don't know. Well, because he had AJ Brown and he had Julio that they'd got in, um, you know, there was a lot more expected. There, there was, but two years ago, three years ago at Miami, he was like going QB twelve or something. He's the same guy. He's got better weapons, but he was all right when he had Henry. He just lost a lot of that when he didn't have a running game. I think, yeah. as in, but you you really expect you expect Russell Wilson to be top five, or at least yeah, you did. Maybe or at least now. like top eight, top nine. Yeah, so yeah I'd say you know what I mean. He was not that long ago, and nothing really changed. He he was a bit of a disappointment. I, I thought anyway. Yeah, I, I definitely think Wilson's a disappointment. I think um, the tr- the trouble with him is he's always relied on his efficiency, right? Because they don't run a lot of plays. They are kind of a, a run run first team so yeah. he does rely on that kind of you know efficiency of when he when he does throw the ball and yeah obviously being injured and just not not great when he came back right mm. um, and I, then I, I a, shout out a, a big ben as well i i know you, you weren't picking him up as an qb one but you know in the playoffs he was he really sucked yeah he had, he had two easy matchups too i agree yeah yeah, put up yeah. like six points or something like that. Yeah. Oh, that's that's the I traded for him too. That's right. <laughs> um, and and Trevor Lawrence, I think, was a dud personally. I know yeah. rookie quarterback, but given the the hype coming into the into the league, you know, the next uh, Andrew Luck stroke Peyton Manning. What would you um, trade? What would you give up for Trevor Lawrence right now? I I, I look. I I still think he's got great potential. You know, and I I just think it's the situation. I don't, I don't think Urban Wire helped him at all. Um, it was a bit of a circus there in Jacksonville. So I still think he's going to be a, a QB1 in the league. Yeah, but, he's you know, if I can get him for least, first. At least two firsts. Yeah. Like, oh, you're asking just, for two firsts right now. Oh, wow. He was, the, he was the 101 last season, and he's had just horrific coaching all year. Mm. He's had all the issues with Urban Meyer, bad sort of front office there. Um, you know, like if, the, I, if I had the one one next year and someone wanted to get rid of him, easily do that all day long, especially in like a weak quarterback class next year. Yeah, I'd give up the one one to get Lawrence with that in the heartbeat. I'm pleased to say I don't have the one one anywhere. So, <laughs> I was gonna say, who, who owns him in IDP? Uh, who came last last year? Danny, no, not in IDP. IDP was new last year. Oh, no, it wasn't. no, IDP. No, it was... Uh... Yeah. Oh, yeah, so somebody would have drafted him this season. Chris. It was Chris. Chris with a K. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I'd agree he was also let down. Running backs, who would you say? I know we discussed Ezekiel Elliott, um, particularly in after sort of week eight, week nine. Any other running backs you really felt let down by across the season? You'd call a dud. Miles Sanders. Just I, well, yeah. I guess injury. It's injury related too. Maybe maybe I can't bring an injury relation. Yeah, if you're going to say injury, then McCaffrey would obviously be one, given he's still yeah, been taking true. 1-1 and basically did nothing most of the season. Saquon as well, again, injury-related, probably. There, there are quite a lot of injury-related with that, actually. Yeah. Well, you, know, you take yeah. that as part of the course with, with running backs. I think Zach Moss was definitely a letdown. McCaffrey was a really big disappointment, right? Um, yeah, considering again, it's the same names from last season, wasn't it, again? It was Barkley, it was CMC. Um, I guess if you want to go based on non-injury, I would say Mike Davis for Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Definitely. He was he a Because he was named the starter. Yeah. And he was given a chance as a starter, and he just lost that to Patterson, right? So, yeah. yeah. Well, who's been on, um, like, four teams, five teams? And was a wide receiver. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. 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 Um, the other guys... Um, Miles, Miles Gaskin quite, as well. How old is Cordell Patterson? It must be 26. I think he's, no, he's older. I think oh, he's, he's old. Like, he's yeah. 30. I would have thought older. Is he really? Yeah. This, okay. Yeah. But he's, you know, he's uh, up. Uh, uh, yeah, he's 30. He's been in the league eight years. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, Patterson, obviously. So Mike Davis. Yeah, so Miles Gaskin for me as well, I thought was, Gaskins, was yeah, pretty, that's another one. Um, pretty bad. Yeah. On to wide Miami. receiver. Again, big disparity between first and everyone else. Cooper Cup was just miles awesome. ahead. Here's my, that's, awesome. my, that's my biggest disappointment because I traded him when I could have given him more to Shiggs. Who's the other one you would have taken? The Seattle guy? Uh, Tyler Lockett. Yeah, no, Tyler Lockett. And I, and I, and I gave Ch- uh, Cup instead of Lockett. Oh, no. And no I, Cup was just unbelievable. Um, you know, Eight, over 1,800 um, receiving yards, 15 touchdowns, 138 receptions. He's just blown everybody out of the water. But the there. thing with him as well was it's the consistency. Like, every week um, he put up, you know, he was just, yeah, like 25, 30 points every week without fail. lowest points, actually, man. Have you got that to hand? Yeah. His lowest points. Yeah. 11.9 in week four against Arizona, who I think were generally pretty good against. Uh, and that's a real as well, right? Yeah. So yeah, uh, 11.9 is 17. And then and other, other than that, he was. Yeah, it's really, really I mean, even, even that, yeah. Okay. It's not what you want from him, but it's not. Apart from the 11, that's a. Uh, I think I sold him just after those two. When you're talking the run to the playoffs. Um, you know, 28, 32, then in the playoffs, 35, then 22. Still, like, it's low by his standards, but it's really good, you know, for most receivers. 109 on 10 receptions, even in the playoff final, 95 yards. Um, down, he's he's not killing you, right? Like, even like 22 points is good, and like, exactly, very good as well. I think him and Adams were basically the most consistent wide receivers. Yeah. No one came close to either of them. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, I'd say Debo Samuel. Because uh, if you look, you know, Samuel got 25 points less than Devontae Adams. Um, oh, was he consistent? I guess uh, he was. Yeah, D- 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 Debo was very consistent. Debo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few, a few lower games. 
But I think the good thing with Debo was he got his points in different ways. Even Rushing. in those games where he didn't get any, like, you know, he had a one target in week 14 and he still put up 14 points. Yeah. Because he had, like, the rushing... Um, yeah, the yeah. rushing upside as well. So they got they definitely got him involved. Okay, I mean, he's ended up as the wide receiver three on the biggest, season. Biggest um, disappointment. Biggest disappointing wide receiver. Alan Robinson. Nah, rug, rugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't get me started. Well, I mean, I'm not sure people were drafting Henry Ruggs in like early I, rounds. I still think yet. he performed worse than anyone else. <laughs> yeah, I would say. For me, that it's not even close, and it's Alan Robinson, considering he was dud. where he was being drafted, and just you know, well, I'd, I had a lot of shares of him, and I thought, you know, great value. Like the guy is just super consistent. You know, he he will finish as like a low end wide receiver one, and you're happy with that, and he will just give you the numbers. He's not even the wide receiver one on his own team. No, yeah. wasn't that Darnell Mooney? I think. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know. Another player was, I know he was injured at when the season started, but you kind of thought it would be a, a six-week thing at most. Michael Thomas, um, you know, I I paid yeah. a premium for him in the Richmond League, for instance. And, um, yeah, he just ended up being out the whole season. He was a big dud for me as well. Um, the other guy that I thought was a dud was uh, Kenny Golladay. I thought being oh, the wide yeah, receiver one yep. in New York, you know, he should have some touchdown upside. Yeah, like again, you should. I think Chig's just broke up there. Um, yeah. But yeah, Golladay was really disappointing. Um, just a few other honourable mentions. Um, and I've got to say this guy because I had him in a few leagues and he really helped. Uh, Brandon Cooks. Considering he was on a pretty awful team, was actually fairly consistent. You know, he's got the same points as CD Lamb, as DK Metcalf, as DJ Moore um, did, for instance. So I just felt Brandon Cooks was really, um, he was ended up being a bit of a plug and play, considering they must have gone through four quarterbacks on a bad team. Um, so, you know, just a bit of a honorable mention to him. And I know all the hype was on. Um, uh, Jamar Chase, but I thought T. Higgins put up a decent season. Um, put up some. Uh, yeah, it was just Jay- Jalen Waddle as well as a as a rookie. I thought was excellent. Mo's boy. Yeah. That's my boy. He was my number two wide receiver after uh, Jamar Chase. Uh, yeah. Actually, I mean, speaking of letdowns, I think Devonta Smith was a bit of a letdown given you know my high hopes for him. I, I don't, you know, I know it's first season, but given what Jamar Chase did, given what. Jalen Waddle did. I want to say it's the, I think, I want to say it's the Eagles. That's where wide receivers go to die at this point. Yeah, Brady disappointed I mean, me. Devon Smith also. He did. Smith always played well, but I think it's more that oh, QB situation. Actually, well, I, I do have. I, a, was, I, do I have was really time, high on um, Jalen Hurts. I had him in so many leagues this season, and he was just. I, I mean, he, he ended good. up as a good fantasy QB because of his rushing, but he's killed your other players. Um, yeah. He's killed. He's but, killed the Miles Sanders values, killed Devontae Smith, he's killed yep. Jalen, even Dallas Goddard to an extent. You I know. agree. I, you saw when Minshew came, Goddard went yeah. off. Yeah. Miles Sanders well, went but off. I think, I think that off. was expected. I think you expected that from um, from Jalen Hurts because, you know, we said his passing wasn't good, right? He's relying on his rushing ability. Mm. And I think for this season, like, definitely, you know, if you're in a redraft league, 
Jalen Hurts was a perfect uh, quarterback to take, right? He actually was very good, but you know, I don't see him as a long-term starter in the league if he's gonna if he's gonna pass like the way he has been. Yeah. And as he's torched torch the value of the guys. And one other one other guy, so I need to mention is um, Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, he came on okay at the end, but he just had issues with the management and yeah. Um, and that that's partly why Debo was so good because they just lost faith in Ayuk. Kittle was in and out of the team, um, and yeah, Debo was relied upon um, a lot heavier there. So on to our final position then um tight ends so mark andrews ended up being the tight end one by about 40 odd points then kelsey was second dalton schultz was third um so you know and then george kittle um so in the two of the big traditional three were top two so who do you say was your fantasy mvp tight end on the season yeah mark andrews for me yeah, I don't know how you call it us. I mean, yeah, like, like, like to expectations. The thing with Andrews yeah. is, um, even when uh, Tyler Huntley was quarterback, he was still, in fact, he had some of his best games with Huntley as quarterback. He had 11 receptions on 11 targets, 13 rece- 10 receptions on 13 targets, 8 receptions on 10 targets. He's had one, two, and one touchdowns there. And even against the Rams, he still caught six of six for 89, which, you know, by tight end standards and in a premium scoring league. So, yeah, I think if you had Andrews and, you know, I, he got me to two finals um, end of the day, got me to the auction and the TBC finals. So he yeah, was really good. Super consistent, really good. I yeah. do also think Dalton Schultz deserves a mention. Um, in fact... You know, the likes of Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, um, and even to an extent, extent C.D. Lamb, I feel, um, were inconsistent because Dalton Schultz, who people hadn't really factored in as much, ended up being quite a good um, asset. And, you know, you look at the playoffs, 25 points, 27, and then 15. Um, so I do think he was... He was. Uh, he deserves an honourable mention. Oh, for sure. Because also, you know, I, I personally, I actually thought Blake Jarwin was the tight end one there going into the season. Right? I thought he, you know, he would come back from injury and sort of Shorts was a bit of a. He feasted when uh, he was out last year, but you know, to, to continue doing what he did, oh, yeah, I thought it was excellent. Yeah, and uh, Gronk had a decent um, final if if he got you there but as i know from other leagues or leagues where i help friends i think when it mattered he just started letting you down particularly in week 15 16. it's only those two really the rest of the time he was okay i think he was he was fairly consistent he had a long period of injury so that would have hurt you but when he did play it's it's just a shame that he dropped off in the two weeks you needed him yeah yeah because if you had him then you probably need yeah you probably needed some points for him to get to the last game Thought, so, um, sorry, I thought Zach Ertz as well. Give a shout out to Zach Ertz. Yeah, um, I want to say know, the Ertz was because of the Max Williams injury in the trade. I, yeah. I think if Max Williams didn't get injured, Ertz wouldn't have had that big of a game. But no, but he was also being drafted really late as well. You know, I, I think. Oh, he, he was. I think he was like a free agent. Yeah, yeah he. Yeah, yeah not many people yeah, drafting. So, him. 
if you held on to him or had him in a dynasty league or traded for him in dynasty as Chiggs, you did, he did actually give you that value. So, yeah, I, I like that shout on Zach Ertz. Um, Carl Pitts had a very strong, you know, tight end mm-hmm. five in his rookie season. So we, we saw with TJ Hawkinson, for instance, how long it can take for tight ends to develop. And it's normally that year three when they really hit. So, well, if you look at Carl Pitts as well, right? He put all his production up. He only had one touchdown on the year. Yeah. Which is crazy, right? It's I mean, crazy. you think tight ends are meant to be, that's kind of their bread and butter. So if he can get those touchdown numbers up, you know, he's definitely going to be a, the uh, top three, top four tight end, you know, for years mm-hmm. to yeah, come. Yeah, you're right, actually. If he had five more, you know, he'd be um, maybe tight end three. I think he's a top five. In a dynasty league, I think he's a top... In a dynasty draft, yeah. I think he's a, he's, a, he's a top tight end. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, com- Coming out, yeah. Uh, he's he's going to be solid for the rest. I mean, this is year one, like we said. Uh, they do terrible year one. And uh, he's putting up these numbers in year one. He's he's the tight end you want to, want to target. Who, I guess, yeah, in a startup... Who would your Titan one be, Andrews? In a startup uh, for Dynasty, it's Kyle Dynasty, Pitts. Dynasty, yeah. Kyle Pitts, Pitts for me. Yeah. If, if, so this is where it's interesting because I think they're really close. If you're trying to win in like sort of year one, year two, I think you still want Kelsey or Andrews um, or even Kittle. Uh, but Kittle, I don't like what I've seen from Trey Lance as a passer and it really worries me. Um, even this week, you know, I think Kittle put up like a goose egg, didn't he, in the final? I played against him in one of my finals and actually, no. But look, one reception for 29 yards. So I think Kittle's really dropped as long as uh, Trey Lance stays on or is going to be the QB incumbent. If it's Jimmy Garoppolo, then I still trust Kittle a bit more. I think just generally speaking, you're probably right, Carl Pitts, but... I'd probably, if I'm holding Andrews now and I'm competitive, I don't think I'd want to trade Andrews for Pitts, for instance. My only worry with Kyle Pitts is, and I, I agree, I absolutely love him, it's the, well, who's going to be the quarterback yeah, in the future. future. QB. Yeah. This is the same issue you've got at many teams now. Who's going to be the Steelers quarterback and how does that affect the value of you know, Deontay Johnson or Juju, for instance? Um, what if they get a project, you know, that's going to hurt the likes of Najee Harris as well, because um, teams will stack the box. Same with um, George Kittle. You know, if it's going to be Trey Lance, I, I just think he's got a lot to work through yet. Um, he looks very unsure, uh, indecisive from what I've seen. He was okay this weekend, um, you know, a bit better, but then they played the Lions. So, you know, and even then, George Kittle still only had one reception. Um, Travis Kelsey, you can see a little bit of that wear and tear really appearing. That's why I traded yep. him away two seasons ago when I started my rebuild. Um, in a redraft, you could argue Kelsey's still the tight end one. But in a dynasty, it's it's a difficult one for me, yeah. Mm-hmm. So who do you say was a tight end dud then? Let's round this off. Who do you say was your... Uh, Johnny Smith for me. Johnny Smith for sure. Yeah. Um, what's the other one? Uh, uh, Tennessee's tight end. That is him. That is Smith. Uh, Ferkser. Ferkser. Johnny Smith went to um uh, the Patriots. Ferkser. Yeah. Ferkser yeah. was supposed to have decent. I don't. I don't. I think he lost a starting job. Yeah, he did. Yeah. 
it was um who's the one with the other guy's name now Tennessee but yeah for Ferguson and Dooming. Yeah, I wouldn't call him a dud, but as I said, Waller I think really let you down because he would have, would have taken a lot of you know he would have <laughs> had serious draft capital, and um, he he was just out for so much uh, of the Ingram season. Ingram pretty yeah. bad too. Evan Ingram, yeah. Mm. Again, guy you've sort of taken early on in startups maybe a few years ago. Yeah, he wasn't doing that even this year. No. Yeah, so um, let's uh, go position by position. Who are players who you think are going to be bounce back candidates and as a result, possible buy lows then? Um, QB, Jigs, any buy low bounce back? So just said goodbye to Paul. Uh, Jigs, who do you say are bounce back candidates or potential buy low candidates at QB? Um, So to Trevor Lawrence, as we already touched upon, you know if an owner wants to sell and you can get him on the cheap for sure uh i like what i saw from justin fields um i think you know he's got, got some good upside uh, young qb um i thought kirk cousins actually had a really good season actually um yeah so and, and carson wentz as well i thought carson wentz was so you know uh, I don't think he's got the upside, given that it, obviously John, the offense is going to run through Jonathan Taylor. But um, yeah, I thought, I thought you know, again, if you need like a second QB and a superflex, yeah, it's not going to, he's not going to kill you. Mo, any thoughts on QB? Go with Russell Wilson. I think he's uh, he should have a proper bounce in the back year. I mean, I'm thinking more or less. I don't think he's going to be a Seahawk next year. And I think where mm-hmm. he goes, it'll be a, it'll be a be a team that's missing a QB. So say if he goes to the Broncos or, um, uh, I mean, you might even see in Pittsburgh or the Browns for that matter. I mean, I think he's going to have solid weapons around him. And really what he lacked was a solid line. So I think um, from where Russell Wilson fell this year, I think, I think he'll come back. I think he's a proper bounce back candidate in my opinion. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I, the talent is still there. You could see, you know, it's not like his arms getting weak when he was allowed to throw. He was, um, Still really good. I actually feel like Derek Carr's a good buy low. Derek Carr for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you could. They just. He lost Henry Ruggs. He lost Darren Waller for large parts of the season. He lost Josh Jacobs for parts of the season. And um, I thought, you know, for a while he was the passing leader. I think after week eight, week nine, even he was like the NFL passing leader uh, for yards. So I do like Derek Carr. I agree with Kirk Cousins. I thought he was solid um and you know the the stink on Kirk cousins previously was the number of um interceptions that he threw and i think that came down this year right so i can see two three okay they're towards the end he threw a few but before that he was quite solid you know for the majority of the season um and he's got quality receivers there in thielen and uh justin jefferson as well one other guy, actually, I'll throw out there in a sort of super flex dynasty league is Davis Mills. I think, um, you know, there's a chance he ends up being the starter next year for Houston. I think they've got a lot of other needs to fill. If you mm. needed someone, you know, a, a cheap QB2 or even a bench sort of guy for bye weeks, you know, he had, he had a few good weeks there in weeks uh, 14, 15 and 16, putting up like 20 points. 
um, had a good game against the Rams and against the Patriots earlier in the season. So obviously, yes, you know, he's volatile and there's a chance it's, he it's, isn't the starter. But it's a risk. But I think if you're a team mm-hmm. that's pretty strong and you can afford to give away like a second and you can get him for a second, he's worth a punt because a second yeah. is a punt anyway, um, largely speaking. So I do think he's worth a punt. Not a bad shout. Uh, running backs, then. Who are your bounce-back candidates or buy-low candidates at running back? CMC. I, I, if he's healthy, <laughs> he's um, uh, he's still he's still running back one, I think, in my opinion. Because I think uh, if you look at the rankings next year, I, I think CMC's like... I think people are drafting him like fifth, and more or less because of the injury concerns. Um, but... Um, I mean, again, I'm basing it off like Saquon and CMC, I think, are still elite candidates. And CMC is more because of injuries because um, he plays wide out. So I'm not really too worried about the line. Saquon, you're, you're kind of more concerned with the, the line. Um, but uh, got to go with the Carolina Panthers on that one. It's probably the cheapest you've ever been able to get CMC outside right. his rookie season. So um, not a bad shout on CMC. I do think the trio of injured running backs, you the, might be the cheapest yeah. you can get them for. Um, I agree. So Akers, Dobbins, and um, Etn. Etn might just be yeah. the cheapest you can get them um, for. And um, Dob- Dob- Dobbins, I absolutely love for next year. I think um, you know if he can come back, he'd be great. If you can get him a cheap as well, Elijah Mitchell. I think he's the running back one now in in San Fran. Whenever he played, he was awesome. Um, you know, San Fran's one of those just those teams that they they change running backs every year. I don't think they've ever found a consistent running back there. Uh, no, but you know what it is. I don't think it's a case that they change it. I think I think they've got a system where you can plug and play. Right. Uh, so I, when Raheem Mostert was the guy, then he then he was the guy, and he was awesome. Uh, I think Eli Mitchell's now the guy. If he can stay healthy, if he doesn't, then that that's the problem, right? But you can see, like he came back from injury this week, and he was plugged in straight away, and was led the team in carries again. You know, it's a Carl Shanahan offense. What I'm, what what you're banking on there is people are sort of saying, oh, you know, running back by committee with us with the 49ers, he's injured, blah blah blah. Like he wasn't didn't have high draft pedigree. Obviously, they still got Trey Sermon and stuff there. He's a guy I definitely think you can get him on the cheap. Put him on your bench for sure. Um, a couple other names and actually be like free agents. I was going to say Kareem Hunt is going to be a free agent, mm-hmm. um, and I think he's going to get a starting gig somewhere. The problem is it could be the same kind of situation that Mike Davis was in at Atlanta. Um, so where they can be the guy. But one thing you do know with Kareem Hunt is that he's got very good pass catching. And um, again, if you can snag him for like a mid-second, considering the bust rate on, you know, second round picks in rookie drafts, I think he's a decent player. You could um, try and target Rashad Penny. I know he's ended the season really strong, so maybe the ship has just sailed on that. But, you know, he was he won people fantasy championships. Um, he just ended amazingly, you know, 22 and 36 points. Um, also week 14, 28. So you, if you can get someone like him for mid-second, I think it's worth it given the 
the hit rate bust rate on seconds. And uh, I do still think that if you can get Javante Williams, um, try and get him. Yeah, uh, he's going to be awesome. Once, the, once they unleash the shackles, he's just going to be... I think he had in the league the most yards after contact. Um, and one of my favourite segments is uh, Angry Runs on Good Morning Football. And he was just like... So many times he was on Angry Runs. And, you know, he won once at least as well. So... Uh, Let me ask you this. So... When I traded you Tom Brady, he was one of the guys I was going to target, but I figured you wouldn't give him up, would you? No, I wouldn't. Okay. No, that's what I figured. No, I, I, I wouldn't even give him up for an early first next season because I think Gordon's time's coming to an end. and it's I agree. Be, yeah. It's going to be that one-sided uh, thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, last couple then, uh, receivers, who do you say are your bounce-back or buy-low candidates? Jamar Chase, just go buy him, pay pay whatever cost it is. He's going to be the wide receiver one for uh, forever. That's actually a very good point. Whatever you can get him for today is actually probably a buy low candidate. It's cheap. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like, you know, yeah, like him and Justin Jefferson, like, for me, it's a coin toss. So you take first and the start up in uh, as your wide receiver. You know, um, See, I think uh, DJ Moore um, is a buy Yeah. He's had, no, I, I, he's it's had funny, shocking. I was actually thinking about this morning how I can go and get him everywhere I can. Yeah, he's he's had shocking quarterback play this season, and you know, still, still had over a thousand receiving yards. Um, so you know, got to give credit to. Imagine, imagine if he had like a good quarterback there. Like if he, if they went and got Aaron Rodgers or something, like DJ Moore would be top three wide receiver in the league. Yeah. One player I love, um, um, and I loved him last season, but he's re- I think you might be paying a bit of a premium now, is Amon Ra St. Brown. He yep. just looks phenomenal. Um, I agree. And once they can get Hawkinson back healthy and taking away safeties, I think Amon Ra, with the speed, his elusiveness, his route running, is going to be amazing. Um, I mean, like Chig um, said in last year, I mean, just for his name alone, you should be drafting him. Yeah. Um, he's, um, uh, I mean, and then the, the good thing is that he actually played well when you had golf back there or the backups. So yeah. um, he's he put up like the last six, seven weeks, he just put up monster numbers. Yeah, just, I think it's, it's, good it, it's the only reason right? I won the IDP toilet bowl was because of him. Yeah, I think I um, other guys, I think Darnell Mooney, I think he's, you know, yeah, he's gonna be the number one guy there. He's number one guy there, and I, yeah, I like Justin Fields upside, so I think they had a nice rapport. Um, yeah. And the other guy I think that's probably had a poor year, but I, you know, definitely if you can buy a lot on him, is Terry McLaurin. I was say yeah, again, a player who's had bad quarterback play there. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And I'd also add Chase Claypool to that mix as well. You know, he's had Big Ben all year, but Big Ben's been pretty poor most of the season um and he's young you know he's a third third year player so i think the upside's there but right receiver is normally where you get the most um opportunity anyway uh so okay lastly then who are your bounce back or buy low tight ends um i kind of like um uh pat firmuth but again it's, I mean, you know me when in rookie 
QBs or young QBs, they always they're, they're going to kind of rely on the tight end first. And I think he's going to be a buy low candidate for next year. Yeah. One of the players I really I like, like, and I think, Mo, you might feel the same way because you um, asked for him in the trade. I quite like John Bates at Washington. Um, you know, Logan Thomas is old and I think he's um, injury prone. Bates, you know, when given an opportunity, just flashed a little bit. I think he's got something about him. Um, you know, I'm not saying... As a rookie too, be, correct. As a rookie. I'm not saying he's going to put up uh, Pete Kelsey numbers, but considering the scarcity, if you can chuck a third and get someone like John Bates, I would do that. Um, because I do think the upside is good. They're going to have a new quarterback. Um, as long as Ron Rivera's in charge, they like targeting the quarterback. You saw that with Logan Thomas last season. So, yeah, I, I do think now's the best chance you're going to get to get someone like John Bates. And look, if he doesn't pan out, it's a third, you know. Um, but I do think he's I do think he's worth a punt for sure. Um, no, a fan for me. I think I'm banking on Aaron Rodgers going there. I think if he does, then no, a fan's going to be, be awesome. I don't no, think it's going to be Rodgers. There's a lot of competition I was going to say, is yeah, it him so. or the second? Who's the other tight end there? I can't pronounce his name. Albert, Albert O. Yeah. Who do you prefer out of those two? Fans, fans are a better player, right? But I think obviously you'll get better value for Albert O. He's, he, I mean, he, he's another good shout actually. You pick him up super cheap, probably. You don't normally recommend um, handcuffing the tight end, but I think if you can get Albert O and Fant together, it's a good package to have because when there's an injury and it's one of those positions as you see every year where there's injuries, the upside is good. You know, Albert O again has flashed on occasion. Similarly, I think Foster Moreau might be worth just handcuffing if you have Darren Waller. Um, wasn't always reliable, but it's one of those positions. You know, one week you can have 10 targets, the next week you can have one kind of thing. So, yeah, it's some, some bounce back candidates. So um, that was our welcome back and end of season episode. Might be a while before you hear from us again, but... Can it's I just nice um, before we end, I just want to give yeah. a shout out in IDP to my boy Fireside Aloacon, linebacker one for the year for the Atlanta Falcons. Yes, he was. Dude, I gotta say because I think I think you were you were uh, he's the one that got you in the playoffs last year. This year, yeah. Yep. What, what what is he? Is he a top? Um, he was number one. He's, he's num wow. number one. He's number one linebacker in the season. Yeah, I, like I, I was. That was impressive, sir. That was impressive. Yeah, you got him on cham tap. championing him last year. This year, he's awesome. No, I, I drafted him last year. I drafted oh, him late last year uh, in, in the startup. Um, yeah, which was last year. Yeah, he yeah he was awesome. Um, yeah, so. Oh man, I should have uh, that trade. I think you offered him a trade for me, but I had no idea about any linebackers, so I didn't know any value to him. Yeah, and if you talk if you're talking IDP and you're talking pay whatever it takes, Michael Parsons. Well, oh, oh, Michael, Michael, Michael Parsons. Yeah. He, he was the guy I was targeting last year. Machine. Yeah. I, I mean I, I can't believe when, you went in the first round though, but wow. No, that was that yeah. was the best one of the best moves of the whole rookie draft for me, because I was so gutted that Danny took him. I I was thought for sure. Yeah, I was targeting me in the second, yeah. 
Yeah, I thought yeah. for sure. I didn't have my first, so I thought for sure I'm going to get him with the early second I had. Oh uh, no, I, I was, I was, I was drafting him uh, two, uh, two point two overall. Yeah, but he was just awesome, and he was played everywhere. He was played on the line. He was played on the edge, at linebacker. Um, so yeah, Michael Parsons, pay what you can. Yeah, defense, defensive rookie of the year for sure. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. But no, shout out to Aluacon, you know, put up a great, <laughs> great season. Um, and quite a way ahead of TJ Watt, who was second, uh, but 179 tackles. Just yeah. phenomenal, phenomenal numbers there. So, OK, this time it is going to be a, a goodbye. As I said, it might be a while before you hear from us. Again, we might start doing some rookie breakdown, as you probably gathered life is... Uh, pretty busy for all of us a lot going on but uh, it's nice to be back on and to record uh, so for now that's me saying goodbye mope giddy up and chicks take it easy guys we'll see you soon <laughs>